you know, a couple years ago when we when we first started going through the, the Sunday school material with, with from uh, from Crown Publishing from uh, you know from Crown College with uh, uh, Brother Sexton, I I just I was so hungry, hungering and thirsting for it. I couldn't get enough. I mean, the, whenever whenever Brother Crichton would come, I would buy as many books as I could. Uh, I was I was looking up uh, uh, Brother Sexton on uh, on sermon audio and listening to him, and and you know the the uh, the, the friendship meetings that we that were in April. I mean, it was just. I just couldn't get enough of the word that he was bringing. And so then, a couple years later, uh, Gribbit had, had the, the men's conference and he came up and he was gonna preach. And I was, I'm like, I get to see my friend. Cause I, you know, you, you listen to someone preach enough, you hear the stories he has and you, you find out about their background and we're buddies, you know, and I, I couldn't wait to hear him preach. And so we went, I mean, I remember what I wore. It was just, we went and, and we sat there and he, and he started to preach and he started to preach and, and I'm, I'm listening and all of a sudden I'm thinking, I'm like, wait a minute. I'm like, I've heard this message before. And so I look back in my notes and I had already listened to this message that he preached. And so I was like, what the heck? I'm like, I've already heard this. Like, and the more I listened, the more I was convicted, you know, and, and God is like, who do you think you are that you know it all? And as he preached and I, and I wrote down my notes and I'm like, well, wait a minute. And I'm looking back and I'm like, this isn't, this is different. This is, you know, and, and God convicted me, you know, that, that hearing, hearing a message a second time doesn't, you know, we don't need to shut our ears. You know, God always has something for us. And on, and he was preaching. He was preaching in, in Second Kings about uh, when, when the famine—I think it was with Elijah—and you know the 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 donkey's head and the, and the the turtle dung was like you know trillion dollars, you know, and then talked about the uh, the lepers. They're like, "What are we gonna do? We're we gonna stay here and die, or are we gonna go to the Assyrians and maybe they'll give us food, or we're gonna die? Either way, you know." And and so the main thing that like you know I, look, I just look, I was looking at this afternoon, you know, and, and, and they rose up in the twilight. And they went, you know, and so they went in the light that they had. They went in the light that they had. And so that's just what I took from that. And that really is nothing. That has a little bit to do with the message, but not much tonight. But when the Lord starting to work on me a couple weeks ago about what, what I what I thought that he wanted me to preach. And I started to, you know, to, to prepare and listen and, and, do, and to do my thing. John last week gets up and speaks and uh, speaking about what the Lord laid on my heart. And I didn't I didn't say this time, what the heck, Pastor? Like it was it was confirmation for me that this is what God wanted me to preach. And then honestly, I even feel that I wasn't in here this morning. I was in junior church because God just he's like, I've given you the message. I don't preach what I've given you. And and, uh, and I said, yeah. <laughs> I said, Lord, I, I will. I will. And so I just praise the Lord. And so, you know, brothers, we we hear there are so many passages that we're familiar with. There's so many, you know, and, and we, we hear it. Oh, yeah, yep, yep, yep. You know, don't ever shut your ears to the word of God thinking you know it all. 
you know, how dare we ever to do such a thing? And so I just pray you, you have open ears tonight and a heart to hear what, what the Lord's laid on my heart and that I want to share with you. And that, that we as a body can go forward with this. And so let's pray. Father God, I, I thank you for this opportunity, Lord. And it is an opportunity, Lord. And I, I thank you and I love you and I need you, Lord. Uh, get me out of the way, Father God. And might you be glorified this evening, Father. And again, might we uh, leave, Lord, just on fire for you, Lord, please. Oh, God, we want to do a great work, Lord, with this body here at Wood River, Father God. And so please, uh, Lord, work in us, please. Bless this evening, please. I thank you. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And so let's open up, please, to Matthew 5. Let's open up to Matthew 5. And we know that Matthew 5 is, is the, you know, Matthew 5 through 7, the greatest sermon ever preached. Amen? Right? The Sermon on the Mount from Christ. We know that the, the, the Beatitudes in the beginning, you know, we, we, we've gone through them. You know, blessed are the poor in spirit, for this is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are they that mourn, for they should be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they should inherit the earth. Those that hunger and thirst, they shall be fed. You know, down, I'm not going to go through them all. And verse 13, ye are the soul of the earth. And, uh, you know, we, 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 we've heard these, we've heard these messages, what salt does, and we all love beef jerky, right? It's great, you know, 50 bucks a bag, but minus that, it's good, you know, but I really want to start, I want to focus on the next couple of verses, verses 14 through 16. So let's, let's read them real quick, please. Verse 14. Ye are the light of the world. This is Christ. Ye are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick. And it giveth light unto all that are in the house. Verse 16. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Verse 14. Jesus says, ye are the light of the world. When we look back to verse 1 of chapter 5, we see it says that, you know, and seeing the multitudes, he went up into a mountain, and when he was set, his disciples came unto him, and he opened his mouth. And so who is Christ preaching here? He's preaching to his disciples. I looked up this word disciples, and it was a follower of Christ, you know. And so as Christ was preaching to his disciples there, he's preaching to us here, okay? You know, and he says that, Ye are the light of the world. This is present tense, right? You know, not that you, you will be or you could be, you may be, you are the light of the world. Guys, if you're here tonight and you have called upon Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, if you remember a time and a place when you called upon Jesus to, uh, to be that, that uh, acceptable sacrifice for your sin, that, that his death on the cross it was the only way that your sins could be paid for. And three days later, he rose from the grave, proven that he was dead. If you accept and believe that, he's speaking to you here. Christ is speaking to you. He says, ye are the light of the world. We understand that if we are to shine as the light, we have to be plugged into God. Right? If we're going to be the light that God wants us to be, we have to be plugged into God. Right? God is our power source. We're going to... You can mark this. We're going to flip over and I'm going to touch another verse here. We know that in uh, John eight twelve, Jesus says this. He says, I am the light of the world. If we are to be the light of the world, we need to be plugged into Christ so that we can be... So that he can shine his light through us. And, you know, it says, he says, ye are the light of the world. And, and it's amazing that 
you know, it wasn't like, guys, you know, we're going to, we're going to go and, uh, I'm going to give you, uh, you know, a couple sermons. We'll take a couple tests, see how you do. You know, after this, we will talk about these things. You know, then we'll, uh, we'll discuss, uh, illumination, how all these things work. But no, Jesus said, you are the light of the world where you are right now. You know, and his disciples were like, you think they were looking at each other? Like, we're the light of the world? Like, you've got, you got Simon the Zealot, you know, and, you know, opposite him is Matthew, the tax collector, the turncoat. I mean, they are far as part as can be. You've got, you know, Simon, he, he wants Rome to be overthrown, and you've got Matthew working for the Romans, you know, turning back his people. You've got, you've got a bunch of fishermen, you know, you've got the sons of thunder, you've got Peter and Andrew, and where the light of the world, God? You're, you know, you're, you know, the world? You've got to be kidding. You know, maybe this isn't the Messiah, you know, but no. He's saying, you are the light of the world. And, you know, let, let's imagine that, you know, we, we take the nursery and we bring them in here, right? Anybody clean the church this week? You know, we'll, we'll give them all a bunch of animal crackers, all right? Give them all a bunch of animal crackers in the sanctuary here, you know, and then we go and get the vacuum and, and we bring it in and we're vacuuming and we're going and we're going, you know. If you're not plugged in to the outlet where the power is, you're not going to pick up anything. If we're not plugged into Christ, he's not going to be able to work through us. You know, and so he says, again, he says, ye are the light of the world. Let's turn over to Matthew 8, verse 12. You know, when Christ says that, we know in, uh, in, eight, in, in chapter 8 of John, he is teaching in the temple. We know that the, uh, the Pharisees, they're out to get him. They bring the woman into him that is taken in the, in the very act of adultery, you know, and they say, the law says that we should, we should stone her. What do you say? You know, and he, you know, he goes down and writes on the ground. And then in, in verse seven, Jesus says, so when they continued asking him, he lifted up himself and said unto them, he that is without sin among you, let him first cast a stone. And again, right, he went back down to the ground. And in verse 9, it says, And when they heard it, being convicted by their own conscience, they went out one by one. As Jesus shone a little bit of light on them, you know, it was, it was clear, you know, that, that, that they, they, they were not without sin. They were sinners, you know, and, and, you know, and so G, and then Jesus goes on and he, and he had people that was teaching in the midst of this. And so after this, and then you have in verse 12, he says to them, Jesus spake again, and he's saying to them, I am the light of the world. And there was still Pharisees there. And, and we understand what Jesus is saying here. We know that when Jesus says, I am, we know that it perked up all their ears. We know exactly what he was talking about back in Exodus 3 with Moses in the bush, right? You know, when he was told to go back and he... Uh, I, I can't, Lord. You know, who, Lord, who, who should I send? Is who should I say is is sending me? Right, and we know that God said, "You tell them that I am sent you." You want to do a, a great little study? I, I get into this a little bit. Look at the seven "I am" statements in John that Christ made. Jesus says, "He says I am the bread of life." He says that I am the light of the world. Right here, I am the door of the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I am the resurrection and the life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. And I am the true vine. Each one of these times, he is saying, I am God. I have been, you know. I am Jehovah. And so Jesus says, I am the light of the world. I am the light of the world. 
But the world today says, no, we're we're already enlightened. You know, we in the 18th century and and, and even coming forward, you know, there's been, you know, they they call it the enlightened period, you know, where where there was uh, great advancements in in knowledge and medicine and all these things. And and I, I praise the Lord for them, you know. And I praise the Lord for, 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 uh, you know, for, for medicines and, and science and all of these things that, that we've been able to, to accomplish and, and, and grow. But it hasn't changed our human nature one bit. You know, we can be smarter. We can be more good. <laughs> you know, but our sin nature is still there and our need for a savior is still there. I don't care how smart you think you are, how enlightened we are. You know, we, each one of us is still in need of a savior. And so back to Matthew 5, please. When he says that, uh, I lost my part. Matthew 5, you are the light of the world, right? A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. And again, we know that in, in olden times, right? Uh, right? You would, you wanted the higher ground, right? Why do you want the higher ground? You could see the enemies uh, approaching. It was more difficult for them to, uh, uh come and, uh, try to, uh, you know, besiege your city, whatever it, it may be. You know, I want, I imagine that when Jesus said this, a city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. I would imagine that they had to think of Jerusalem. We know that Jerusalem is on a hill. They're always going up to Jerusalem. A city that is, if it's set on a hill, you know, if it's set on a hill, guys, that city is put there for a purpose, right? It's not just put anywhere, but it's put where it's at for a specific reason. It's put where it's, where it's at uh, in a, a certain place. You know, and again, we realize that, that this city that they're talking about in a way is us as a Christian. You know, a city that's set on a hill cannot be hid. Guys, if you're a Christian, you should not be able to hide it, nor should you want to. You know, God has put you where you are for a reason. Again, we may not understand it. We may, we may not know why, you know, but again, we know that God's word says in Isaiah 55, he says, my thoughts and my ways are not your ways, you know? And so a city that is that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel. You know, the light is there, but it can't be seen. Can I ask each one of you tonight, is that your Christian walk? Can your light be seen? i never forget uh, a couple years, well, yeah, several years ago when I was Delivered one of my old mail routes I had and I thought I was living for the Lord. I was reading my Romans commentary every day as I'm delivering the mail. Like, and I had these, it was a, a, a big, uh, complex and it was just lots of cluster boxes. And so I got to know some of the maintenance guys and I found out he lived up in Warwick. And then next thing you know, I found out he's a Christian too. I said, well, praise the Lord, me too. He said, you're a Christian? I never knew that. I can't tell you how deep that cut me. I said, I said, he never knew I was a Christian, and I thought I was doing good. I wasn't letting my light shine like it should. A light 
the light is there, but but it can't be seen. I mean, the only the only time I think that this that this worked, where the where you know you you put your light in a pot. I think a Gideon. I thought a Gideon with this, you know, with his three hundred. You know, they put their light in in the in the the bushels or whatever it was, and they broke it. You know, and and pray God God miraculously worked there. But guys, what's blocking? I can I can ask myself, what's blocking my light from being seen, and what's blocking? Your light from being seen by others. It's right there right now when I said it. What is it? What's that weight? What's that sin that's besetting us? What, 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 what are we holding on to? What are we holding on to, guys? A light does not belong under a bushel. Duh. Right? A light doesn't belong under a bushel. A bushel, guys. And there are certain things, there are certain places, that as children of God, we don't belong either. As a Christian, if we're going to shine as light for God, we need to be different from what the world is doing. Right? Right? God has called us to be, uh, you know, he's called us to be different, a light. You know, again, the world is dark. You know, I mean, the two are, are opposite. He's from West. You know, we need to... Take a stand, right? It might not necessarily be a sin, but if we want to have a testimony before others, there are certain things that we're going to have to say no to in order to be that testimony before others, that they can see the light in us. Have you ever gone from light into darkness? You know, like like bright light or something, and all of a sudden you, you just go into pitch darkness? You can't see anything, right? You can't see anything. But slowly... As you're, as slowly as you're in the dark a little more, you're, you can start to recognize things. You know, your, your eyes adjust and you're able to, to start to make things out. You know, there's, there's an absence of light. There's an absence of light, guys. And if we, if we allow a compromise here and there, I want you to know that that bushel, which is the devil, it has now put out our light. You know, and we're in the darkness. You know, it doesn't take a whole lot to get used to the dark. I was listening to this. I listened to a sermon by a preacher. Uh, Vance Habner was his name. And he was talking about how he when he, uh, he was, you know, he was on a uh, walking on the street. And then a buddy took him into a restaurant that was down below. And he said it was so dark. I couldn't see. I ordered my food and I, I ate it by faith and not by sight. You know, but he said, as I was there, I could slowly start to make these things out. You know, and, and his, his friend said, boy, you know, the, the more you're in the dark, you're able to get used to it. And he's like, you just gave me a sermon right there. You know, and if we allow compromise in our lives, guys, you know, our, our light is going to diminish. Our light is going to diminish. You know, you ever tried walking in the dark? Oh, at, you know, my, my little girls don't like to sleep. They don't like to sleep. And so, you know, we get up several times in the night and the dog always sleeps on my side of the bed. I know he is there. I can't tell you how many times I've gotten up and fallen on my face, fallen on him. I couldn't see him. It's dark. Guys, little compromises like that. We might not be able to see the pitfalls that are before us. You know, we we get desensitized. You know, like nowadays, it's amazing the things that we see on TV, you know. I mean, uh, 10, 15, 20 years ago, you, we would, you would never, they would never see it. 
You know, the, the more you, the more you, but the more you see these things, the more it just becomes normal. And now the dark is now acceptable and what was the light is now, you know, you're narrow-minded, bigot. You know, and so we don't put our light, guys, we, we, we don't put our light under a bushel, you know, but what does it say in verse, in verse uh, 15? Again, neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick, right? You put it on a candlestick and it giveth light unto all that are in the house. The candlestick's job is what? The candlestick's job is to hold the light, right? We are called to be that light, Right? The light has an influence on everyone in the house, the verse says, right? The light has an influence on everyone in the house. The light influences those that it comes in contact with, right? The light reveals the darkness. You know, you right, you uncover a rock or something like that, and, you know, everything underneath it scatters, you know? The light is exposed, you know? They're in the dark. They're comfortable. Man, that light comes in the room. You know, is, is do, do do people see you as that light? You know, when when you come into work, when you go into work, and you got a couple coworkers, and maybe they're telling an inappropriate joke, do they see you and stop? Or when you come into the room, do you already know the punchline? You know, how's your light shining? Our light influences those that we come in contact with. And and again, I can't stress the importance of our testimony before others. We have to let our light shine for Christ. And and we're all going to falter at times. We're sinners. It's it's who we are. But God's called us. Say, listen, come back, get right. You know, get re-plugged into me and let your light shine before me, Right? Put that light back on that candlestick and let it shine that all may see it in the house. You know, so often sometimes, and I find myself doing this, it says in verse 16, it says, let your light so shine before men. Let your light so shine. Not shine your light. So often, and I'm convicted of it again, as you're saying, sometimes I feel like I'm out there like a flashlight. You know, trying to get in people's face, you know, that are in the dark, you know. You're a sinner except Jesus. Ah! Again, you know, we're blinding them. No, no, that's not the way to do it. You know? We're to let our light so shine before men. You know, so that, that, that's, that speaks of, that speaks of a, of a daily walk. If our light is gonna so shine before men that they can see, that's not just a, a one-time thing that they, but it's a, this is a daily thing. They, they see it in you. They, they, they know that you're a Christian. They, they know that you're, uh, the, the way that you live your life is contrary to theirs. They know it. Guys, can I, can I put each of you on trial here today, tonight? If we were in a court of law, well, it's a court, whatever. If we were in a court and you were you were the one who was either going to be found guilty or non-guilty. And they brought friends, family, co-workers in to testify against you. Would you be found guilty of being a Christian? Do your co-workers know that you're a Christian? Your friends? 
I'm not just saying like, a, you know, you go to church on Sunday, but do they see it in your life? Are you, are you, are you, are we trying to invite them to church? Are we inviting them to, to these, these different meetings? You know, can, can that light be seen in you? Let your light so shine before men. So shine. In order for our light to shine, you know, we think of a, think about a fire. You know, a fire needs to be fed. You know, it needs wood, but more than that, you know, it needs like oxygen. You know, or we think about if you're putting that, if your light is, if you put that bushel over your light, it's taking the oxygen away. Your flame is going to go out. And you know, that's the way the devil can work. But guys, you know, God wants us to let our light so shine. And we need to feed that light, so to speak. We need to, we need to be fervent in our prayer. We need to have a prayer life. Um, can I ask you, do you have a prayer list? Not just our Wednesday evening prayer list. Do you have a prayer list at home? For friends, family, co-workers. Um, our Bible study time, you know, Wednesday nights, uh, again, just your, your, your own home daily devotions. Are you spending time in God's word? Are you, are you growing in his word? Are we, are we fellowshipping together as a body? Are we, are we bringing our lights together to be strengthened together? I mean, you got a fire that's burning hot, you know, you separate, separate the coals. We're not as hot. You know, we're still burning, but we need to come together as well to, to, as iron sharpens iron. You know, we need to sharpen each other, exhort each other, brother, as you were saying. We need to feed that light. We need to let that light so shine. Again, we need to, you need to shine where you are. Wherever you are. Again, God's put you there for a reason. Step out of your comfort zone. Take that step of faith for Christ. Take the tracks at the back. I tell you, those million dollar bills, I love it. I go, so, hey, million dollar bill with a million dollar question, you know, on it. And they're like, you know, because it looks real. It's easy. Just do it. What are they going to say? No. Hey, you know, we got to get tougher skin. Right? Everybody is on their way to hell unless they have an encounter with Jesus. Every coworker, every family member, every friend. You know, it's, hell's real. Go back to Luke 16. Read about Lazarus and the rich man. That rich man's been in hell now for over 2,000 years. You know? One drop of water he wanted on his tongue. Tell my brothers. They have Moses and the prophets. Shine where you are. Let's turn to Genesis 19 real quick. Let's look at a couple of lights. Genesis 19, and we're going to look at Lot's light. Genesis 19, and we know, we know the horrificness of Sodom, right? The angels came to Lot. We know what the wicked men of the city wanted to do, you know? And, and so when we look in chapter 19, right, Lot's got to get his family out of the city. And in verse 14, it says this, And Lot went out and spake unto his son-in-laws, which married his daughters, and said, Up, get you out of this place, for the Lord will destroy the city. But he seemed as one that mocked unto his sons-in-law. How was his testimony before his, his son-in-laws? Not good. Was his light shining before them? Absolutely not. It says Lot was righteous. But I tell you, uh, 
Didn't make it out of Sodom. They didn't make it out of Sodom. And let's look at one more. Let's turn over to Mark 5, please. In Mark 5, we have the, the man of Gadara, right? The crazy guy living in the, the tombs. He was, you know, no, no chain could hold him. I mean, he was just crazy. He was possessed, right? You know, the, the legion of demons in him. But when we look in verse 18 of Mark chapter 5, it says this. And when he was come into the ship, he that had been possessed with the devil prayed him, that he might be with him. Howbeit Jesus suffered him not, but saith unto him, Go home to thy friends, and tell them how great things the Lord hath done for thee. He wanted to go with Christ. I mean, he, he was, he was insane, and now he was sane. He want, he knew, he wanted to be with Christ, and Jesus said, Go home and let your light shine, that your family can see. You know, and, and there's no doubt. And he departed and, and began to publish in Decapolis how great things Jesus had done for him. And all the men did marvel. Guys, do you tell people how great Jesus, how great things Jesus has done for you? When was the last time you gave Christ praise outside of these walls? Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Guys, as we try to live for the Lord, you know, and we want people to see Christ in us, you know, and man, you know, you're, you're a good guy. You, 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 you got it together. <laughs> Thank you. I kind of do. <laughs> got, Reflect all praise to Jesus Christ. It ain't you. It's all about Jesus and what he's done in me. Right? Again, we just want to be, we're just one beggar trying to show other beggars where to find food. You know? Greg Laurie line right there. Oh. So we need to let our light so shine before men. Guys, the greatest message that I, the greatest message that you, that we, could ever preach is to live a life before those that we love, those that we don't love so much, those that are within our sphere, our sphere of influence, influence is to let the light of Jesus Christ shine through us. The best testimony we could give. We need to live that life before them that they can see it in us and say, there is something about that guy. Something about that woman. They don't, they're not like us. Might they be like moths and be drawn to the light? Amen. You know? A couple pastors talking about this last week in 1 John 1 6. It says, if we say that we have fellowship with Him, if we say that we have fellowship with God and we walk in darkness, we lie and the truth is not in us. If we say that we have fellowship with him and we walk in darkness, it's not, that's not just a random moment, a, a sin. 
You know, but walking speaks of something that is a habitual sin. That, that besetting sin. And, uh, I haven't been able to shake this verse lately. Psalm 66, 18 says this. If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. If we're holding on to something in the flesh, we're not in fellowship with God. If we are regarding sin within us, if we are still clinging to that old man, he says, the Lord will not hear me. The prayers just hit the ceiling and go nowhere. You know, in, G- in, in John 8, 12, you don't have to turn there. I just want to say, you know, when Jesus said, I am the light of the world, when it says that he that followeth me. Can I just give you a couple of characteristics of followers of Christ? Couple characteristics. Obedience. Obedience. To follow is to obey. Right? Luke 9.23, you know? Jesus says, you know, I totally just went blank. Take up your cross and follow me. <laughs> it's amazing how you forget these things. I Gail, I totally feel you. Number one, obedience. Number two, repentance. Repentance. We get saved. We believe that Jesus died for our sins. We, 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 we believe, accept, we believe that he rose from the grave. We accept him as our Lord and Savior. You know? It's not a one time. Salvation is a one time thing, but confessing our sins to Christ, it should be a daily thing. Daily thing. If it's not, your prayers are hindered. You're not in fellowship with Christ as well. A continually, we need to be continually cleansed to enjoy continual communion with Christ. Number three, submission. Taking the yoke of Christ upon us, right? Matthew 11, 28 and 29. Come unto me, all ye that labor, the heavy laden, and I will give you rest, right? Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, right? We understand that the yoke brings the two into one, right? Christ says, come on, let's do this. I've called you. I've chosen you. Be plugged into me. Trust me. Number four, commitment. Again, walking in the light shows action. Walking shows action. Ephesians 5.8 says this. It says, For ye were sometimes darkness, but now ye are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. And Paul's saying that. He's referring back to Ephesians. Oh, I'm sorry, to Isaiah 9. You look up those verses. It speaks of the of the light that will come. And so obedience, repentance, submission, commitment. Five, perseverance. We need to persevere. A path to be followed to the very end. And where would that very end lead? To glory. Where I hope each one of us, like we say, we want Christ, we want to hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant. There's no doubt we, we all have missed opportunities to do things for Christ. But oh God, I don't want to miss any more. I don't want to miss any more. We need to persevere on that path. You know, we know Psalm 119, 105, thy word. 
I say, lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. We stay in God's word. He will show us where to step and he will show us the way to go. But like we're singing, we might only see one step. We take that one step in faith, trusting in him. The other night, when I uh, went up to Naughty Oak, uh, Brother Josh Lancaster, one of the evangelists, was preaching. And he was talking about, a, he was talking, they were, I don't know, Michigan, Minnesota. They were somewhere kind of up north, and the revival meeting that they were at had, was coming to a close. But they were hearing about this revival that was going on down in North Carolina. And he said that it was at first, it was just supposed to be a week meeting. One week. And at the end of the week, you know, they said, well, let's, let's see if we can go a little bit longer. Let's see if we can go another week. Hundreds of, you know, he said that the average attendance was a couple hundred people. That's a pretty big church. He said, Hundreds of people started to turn into thousands of people. And he said, this is what it is. He said, people down North Carolina, in that church, in the churches, in the community, they got right with God and they got right with each other. He said that, he said that they had to buy a tent. He said that the, that land was donated to set up the tent to have these meetings. He said the first night, 2,500 people came. And that meeting went 12 weeks. 12 weeks that meeting went. Proverbs 4, 8 says, But the path of the just is a, is a shining light that shineth more and more unto that perfect day. Awesome that must have been. First John 2 9 says, He that saith he is in the light and hateth his brother is in darkness, even until now. Guys, brothers, sisters, if we get right with God, and if we get right with each other, there's no telling what he can do with us here. But we've got to get right. I've got to get right. You've got to get right. We've got to get right as a body. I'm not saying I know anything in particular. But what's coming to your mind? What's causing your light not to shine like God wants it to shine? Like you know that it should be shining for Him. What is it? God showed some things to me this week. And I got some things right. By the grace of God, I had to call some people and ask for forgiveness for certain things, for not living my life before them like I should, for being a poor testimony. I don't want to be that, te- that garbage testimony anymore. I want my light to shine for Christ. I want to be fully His. David said this in Psalm 139, and we know these verses. Guys, Psalm 139, 23 and 24, David, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts and see if there be any wicked way in me and lead me in the way of everlasting. You want God to search your heart right now?
Do you? Search me, O oh God. I want to close with a song. But before we do, I want to spend a little time in prayer. I want, I need to spend time with the Lord and maybe each one of us need to spend time with the Lord. Ask Him to reveal to us, Lord, if there be something hindering us in our lives. Or maybe you know exactly what it is. And maybe you need to get it right with God tonight. I want to sing this song, but I want to read the third chorus first. The way of the cross leads home. And this is the third chorus. Listen to this. Listen to what it says. It says, Then I bid farewell to the way of the world, to walk in it nevermore. For my Lord says, Come, and I seek my home, where he waits at the open door. We need to bid farewell to the way of the world. We need to get out of the darkness and we need to let our light shine for Christ. And so this is what I want to do. I'm challenging everyone here tonight. I want to sing this song sitting down. And on this third verse, If we're, if you're, if me, if you, if you're willing to get right with God, maybe the, tonight, this week, if there's something in your life that we need to confess to God right now, then let's take some time and do it. But on this third verse, if you're willing to get these things right with God, will you stand with me and sing this third verse? We're a body here, and I'm challenging each one of us. We're gonna see. Will you stand with me? Will you stand and that we can let our light shine? There's no telling what God can do with us if we get right with Him, if we get right with each other. The other week when uh, Brother Mills was here from the help ministry, he starts, he's speaking about the, uh, the Highland Park Baptist Church. That clicked in my mind down in Chattanooga, Tennessee, because that's where Clarence Sexton was brought up. And I said to myself, I said, wow, I said, those are, you know, at least two men of, of God, two men that are serving the Lord faithfully. I said to myself, what was going on in that church to have such a, you know, it's such an influence on those two men to, be led by the Lord. I, I just, you know, I'm just like, I want that. I want that here. I, I want, I want us to, to, to be a light in a dark world that needs us. We're on a hill. Our church is on a hill. Might we let our light shine for Christ? And so let's take a couple minutes, pray, and then we'll sing the song. Let's get right with God. What, what, what is it? What's holding you back from truly serving the Lord? What is it? Is it worth it? I guarantee you it's not. Who knows what we're forfeiting? What Christ wants to do through us? Can't use dirty vessels. We've got to be made clean.
Let's take a couple minutes to pray.